A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Bodybuilding. I am your host, Jeff Roberts, and I'm here as always with Matt Wyke. What's up, Matt? What's going on, Jeff? Oh, not a lot. Um, a little bit going on in the bodybuilding industry this week. We had, um, well, the Pittsburgh Pros coming up, which is always a kind of a landmark event in bodybuilding, with it being Jim Mannion's show and all the guest posers that show. I mean, honestly, the guest poser list is a little... A little underwhelming this year compared to what I I used to remember, which is probably the result of the same thing I've been saying about guys not competing. Um, you know, but I don't think it's the guest poser list being smaller, I don't think is a is unrelated to the competitor list being smaller. I think it's the same kind of the same issue. Uh guys are no longer as tied to the organization, you know, they're not, they're not living and breathing by the IFBB and contracts that are supported by the IFBB and everything else. They're, they're kind of doing things on their own. So they don't have to, it's not a must that they show up and pose at Jim Mannion's show. Like I think it used to be, um, well, that's a good, bad, good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I guess for someone else to decide, but, but yeah, it's always, um, an interesting show just i mean for me for the guest posers but i guess if you're the uh the one the the single fan of uh men's physique that's out there if they if that single person exists i don't think they do if they do you're you're gonna have a, a hell of a weekend because there are a lot of men's physique competitors at the pittsburgh pro yeah i mean that's that's the thing that i really don't understand i mean if if you want to attract the most people who enjoy bodybuilding you think that you would invite these guys to a bigger show and i get it it's it's you know manion show so obviously he's going to put on a production and it's going to be amazing he's going to bring the best of the best but i mean we're looking at like 57 physique competitors i mean that's not even counting um figure and bikini and obviously you know obviously there's 20 plus in in bikini as well but I mean, 57 men's physique competitors is just insane to me. And I mean, as everybody knows, that's that's not what draws the crowd. I mean, bodybuilding and and you know, men's open is what draws the crowd. So I mean, we're looking at guest posers. Obviously, uh, you and I spoke beforehand, and and we were a little shocked about one of the guys. Um, Sergio Jr. is going to be there, but you said he's going to be competing soon, so I guess that makes sense. But the rest of the lineup for for guest posers, I mean, you're looking at Phil Heath, Dexter Jackson, Kai Green, Big Rami, Winkler, 
and Dallas McCarver. I mean, while it might not be as extensive as, you know, years past, I, I still think that's a good lineup. I mean, who doesn't want to see Phil Heath? Who doesn't want to see Dexter? Everybody wants to see what Kai's looking like. And Rami, you know, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but I want to see what what Rami looks like in Pittsburgh. You know, maybe he's changed from the videos that we've seen. Winkler, Winkler's always gigantic, so you know he's probably going to be one of the biggest on stage. And then you have McCarver, which, you know, offseason McCarver isn't really anything to, uh, you know, write home about. But that to me, that's that's a good lineup. I, if, I've, I've actually been thinking about heading out there and, and watching it. I doubt I will. I have stuff going on around the house, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's not too far. It's maybe like five hours from me, but maybe. <laughs> was pretty far. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I'm, I'm interested to see Ruley, Phil, and Kai. I don't really, I mean, like you said, uh, <clears throat> we'll get into Rami, as you said, but Dallas McCarver, I just don't, I don't, I don't really, his physique doesn't really do it for him. I don't know if it's because it's so different from mine. Like, I have like I'm like a narrow clavicle shorter guy, you know. I don't know, maybe because I can't relate to being that type of um, having that type of frame or whatever. That that's why I just don't. His, his his physique is never like I've never looked at it and thought been amazed or anything, you know. I mean, he gets gigantic and whatever, but I don't know. After seeing the Rami footage, he's not really that gigantic, you know. And seeing him next to Cedric McMillan, he looked smaller than Cedric McMillan, and I think if you're, if you have, I don't know, I, I just, Dallas is Dallas to me, I think he's big, his structure's not great, uh, he's not big enough to make up for his poor structure, uh, so, and if he gets any bigger, I don't think, I don't think he can get much bigger, because, I mean, he can, but if he does, I don't think it's going to be conducive to him winning, I think he's going to blow himself out, uh, I think he's already teetering on that, so, uh, I don't know. And it, I mean, Ruley, I just love seeing Ruley. I don't care if he's competing or guest proposing because he's such a massive freak with massive freaky body parts. Like guys with showstopper, insane body parts are the best guest posers to me, you know, because I don't know if you have a guy guest posing like Sean Roden or something, it's eh. do you really want to see Sean Roden guest pose? It's just a more bloated, softer version. But when you get a guy like Phil, or Ruli, or like, uh, um, you know, Rami. You know, because they're off season, they're you know, Ram, or you know, Ruli's arms are going to be twenty seven inches or whatever. They're they're so huge. You know that Phil's delts are going to be like literally like basketballs and everything. You know, and, and Rami's legs are going to be forty inches around. You know that that's you know that's exciting. Where the more balanced guys aren't as fun, but. And then I think Phil is going to look insane. I feel like Phil is now, uh, you know, every bodybuilder, I feel like every bodybuilder gets less and less fat in the offseason as they get older. I don't know if that's, you know, in, in, in real people life, that's the opposite. The, the older you get, the fatter you get, and the harder it is to not be fat. But it, it seems like in professional bodybuilding, the I don't know if you feel that way. I feel like the guys stay leaner as they get older, as opposed to vice versa. And I think Phil is at that point now where 
he's he's like always pretty shredded, and I think he's going to show up and look insane. Honestly, I don't know. Um, My take: I think Phil's going to look bloated. You know, off season look. Um, I think Ruley's just going to look like you know gigantic. Not not like he does on stage. Just an off season bloated, big. Uh, you know, holding a ton of water. We saw the video of of Rami, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But the way he looks, I'm excited to see him. I mean, Kai Kai jumps on stage all the time, so I expect to see great things from Kai on stage. And Dexter, Dexter really doesn't fall much out of contest shape. I mean, he's he's always teetering, you know, just water weight pretty much. Um you know, off season, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Phil's going to be as sharp as what people think he's going to look like on stage. And I could be wrong. And and I hope I'm wrong because I would rather these guys guest pose when, you know, they're in shape versus, you know, fat man, off season, bloated, looks like a water Buffalo type of look. Um, but it, it should definitely be interesting. Yeah. You mentioned Kai getting on stage all the time. That's true. But he's never on stage with other top pros. I think that's what makes it intriguing. I don't think, like, let's say Kai was the only, this was some other show, and Kai was guest posing. I probably wouldn't even watch it if it was just Kai because he he does guest pose a lot, and it's always the same weird stuff and awkward posing routine. Um, I may watch it if there was some, like, scuttle about it maybe, but... Uh, because he's going to be on stage next to Phil and Rami and everybody, I think that's what's intriguing about it to see. Because what if, I mean, what if he looks better than everyone? You know, imagine if he comes out and he makes Phil looks like look like shit. I mean, that's not impossible. If Phil was a little bit loosey goosey this off season, like you're predicting, and Kai Green is big and and ripped. You know, he could make Phil look like shit and make everyone else look like shit, honestly. So what if that were to happen? Um, the the Kai should compete or Kai should come back to the Olympia talk would be insane, right? So Well, I was just um, going to talk about that. I, I mean, it, to me, it's odd, and, and I get it. Kai draws, you know, a crowd. But if I were Kai Green and I was never going to step on stage ever again – and I was focusing my efforts elsewhere, outside of bodybuilding, you know, his creative, you know, whatever he's working on right now. Why come back and guest pose and and make the fans get a sense of, dang, like, he could really jump back on stage this year if he really wanted to. And get people excited just to be let down that they don't see him all year. I mean, obviously, there have been talks that Kai might come back to the Olympia. And and that this would literally like be his last hurrah. Like if he doesn't beat Phil, then he's done. But I don't know. I just I, I wish we knew what was going on with Kai. Um, you know, and obviously he has the ability to to choose to do whatever he wants to do. It's not like you know we can dictate what he does with his life. But if in my opinion, if you have no desire to jump back on stage and compete, then don't don't even go on stage and guest pose. Don't don't get people's hopes up. Don't get people all excited to see you if if you're never gonna stand toe to toe with any other professional 
and and fight it out, uh, you know, for that night show to get a win. Just just don't do it. That would be like Michael Jordan uh, all of a sudden coming back and, and practicing with the Bulls again. And people were like, oh, shit, he's still got game. Is he going to come back? Is he not going to come back? And then you never see him again. It You know, it's almost like that false hope where you're like, man, is he going to get back on and compete again? And, and you never see him. Yeah, that that's a good point. I didn't – I hadn't really thought – I mean, I thought about it a little bit, but I don't know why you would if you're not competing. I mean, at this point, Kai Green is not really – I mean, what's it been, a year and a half since he got on stage or something? No, not really. It's been about a year. But I just feel like what – what is the benefit to to going there and guest posing for him? You know, I don't th- I don't I can't imagine he finds it to be that fun. Uh, he doesn't seem like the type of guy who would be really excited to go to the guest posing in Pittsburgh. I just don't think that's the case. So maybe there's a uh, more of a tie between him and the IFBB than um than than we know or we think because you know I, I don't. I agree with you. I don't understand why you would be on stage if you weren't competing. Uh, it seems it seems strange, but we opened this with the number of men's physique competitors that are going to be. What do you make of that? I mean, that, I mean, to, is there a limit? I don't know. There are like in each class thirty people, like these types of numbers. Um, where do you draw the line? I mean, do you think there's I don't know. I don't know how you how, how you corral this because if this is the direction it goes in, I mean, you're essentially just ha- you're you're having these competitions and it's like a you're basically going to your friend's house to play poker at this point, you know, as far as money's concerned. Everyone who shows up puts in the money, which is the entry fees, and then the top guys win a small portion of that. That's what the financial return from it is, you know, uh, and the rest is social media. Hopefully enough people like your m- m- pictures on, you know, Instagram and shit that they, they follow you and you can sell ads and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's like a men's physique show is literally like all these guys pay for entry fees. There's no fans there to watch them. Just their friends and family members who are obligated to come watch them. Nobody knows who the hell they are, even if they're good. Nobody knows. Like, we work in the industry, we don't know. Don't tell me that people follow men's physique and they know these guys and they follow these guys. Like, man, I've been – you and I have worked in the industry where we're, we we pretty much have our finger on the pulse of what's going on at most of the time. And we don't know. We know, like, a few of them. I know, like, Sadiq and and uh, Jeremy and um, the Poston – and that's like it, you know. I don't know anyone else. I know, I, I don't. I mean, those are like the guys that I know, and I don't even know if any of them. I think Jeremy's still the Olympia guy. I'm not sure, really 100, percent but um, it's just crazy that how come it's just the idea of I sound like a broken record, and people are probably like telling me like shut up, but the idea of the biggest class at the whole show. Being one of the divisions that has no fans is not good. I mean, you can't you can't have a division that has fifty kids in it or fifty guys and there's no fans of that. Nobody cares about it. 
and you're doing it for other reasons. It's like you don't even have a men's show because there's not enough people to compete, but that's what that's the, those were all the fans come from. It's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of sad, but, uh, do you know if there's a limit? Is there, can they just, I don't know. I don't, because it seems like every once in a while we have these shows where the numbers are, are kind of almost confusing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a limit. I mean, I don't, I don't know the, the rules and regulations that well. Um, I mean, I've seen shows where bikini was just like this, where, you know, everyone and, and their brother or sister, I guess in this case, uh, you know, is coming out to compete in bikini. So to see 57 men getting ready to jump on stage, to me, I think we need to put a limit on it. I think that's a little um, absurd. But, I mean, the it's like you said. I mean, it's not like men's physique is drawing a, a huge crowd. I mean, if anything, people, people, the local people are going to go to the show just to see the guest posers. I, you know, and I have a feeling that they're going to wait till till the very end to to go sit down in their seat. Um, I, I just, I don't know why they get excited over over men's physique. And I mean, a lot of the men's physique guys are jumping ship. I mean, you have guys like uh, Sean Harley. He's he went from men's physique to classic, which obviously we saw him compete last year. Sadiq is now in classic. Uh, Poston is now in classic. And, and all of those guys are putting on a ton of size. So it, it really makes you wonder if if a lot of these guys, you know, are, are doing insane amounts of cardio just to stay in that class because you know a lot of these guys are ripped they're jacked you know they could be borderline um classic competitors and and that's the one thing that Sadiq said he was like he was constantly fighting his body to not put on muscle and not put on size that once he came out with classic he was like screw this like you're never going to see me in board shorts again like I'm jumping the classic and I'm never looking back, and and Sadiq's physique has completely changed. So has Jason Poston. Jason was t- one of the type of guy when when he was with Metrex. I'm like, this guy's never gonna be anything, you know. I've I I've been at shows with him, um, and so forth, and I look at his physique and I'm like, there's there's nothing spectacular about it. But the last few months since he's you know really focused on classic, his his physique is completely changed. I just I just don't know what to think of of men's physique in general. I think with with the advent of classic, I think men's physique is almost non-existent in terms of um, excitement and and you know bringing the people to to sit in the seats. I just I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, I. I agree. I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is or any of that. You know, I don't think uh, it seems like it's like men's physique is like Planet Fitness. You know, it's like the let's just dumb everything down and make everything easier, make everyone less, you know, less scrutinizing, less, you know, eat eat your donuts and Tootsie Rolls. You know, don't don't try too hard. You know, fat is beautiful. Don't you know, it's like just basically come here and fuck off and, and still feel good about yourself. Um, mentality is like kind of how men, I mean, I'm not trying to like diss the men's physique guys because those guys are jacked and they work really hard uh, and they'd whoop my ass on stage any day of the week. But the idea of a, a division where 
you eliminate the hard parts of bodybuilding. You know, the hard part, I mean, the two hardest parts of bodybuilding are, I mean, at least for me and most people, it's leg training and getting shredded. Those are the hardest things about bodybuilding, really. I mean, what's harder than that? Um, figuring out what drugs to use because there's so much bullshit out there. That's that's hard. But, you know, the most grueling things in bodybuilding are the, you know, diet, getting shredded, and, uh, of course, leg training. So uh, when you, you eliminate that and you get this huge influx of people who can do it now, it's like the planet fitness thing. Like you, you get rid of the, you know, get rid of the fee, get rid of all the people who are muscular that make you feel, you know, and just fill the gym with a bunch of people who don't go to the gym. They have no idea what they're doing. They don't know how to use any of the equipment. They just, none of them look like they work out. And now you have a place where you can go and, eh, you know, it's almost like I could see, I could see, Dave and Chris were talking about how bodybuilders started everything, you know, like everything is due to bodybuilders. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, all of it. But now the main gym chain in, you know, America doesn't even allow bodybuilders. Like, how did that even happen? It, it's how could that happen in any other industry? How can you have something that is is created by a group of people? I mean, created by period and now those people aren't even allowed in the main establishment of that thing it's just it's crazy and i can see i mean i can see a future where there's not bot there's no bodybuilding you know where it's not like a thing anymore like it's not it goes the way of the dinosaur as if there are still people maybe who like meddle in it a little bit but as far as like big contests or like people caring about it you know if these stupid things continue that that could be the you know i'm talking two decades down the road bodybuilding may not really be a thing it may be a thing of the past like remember when people used to get huge and <laughs> you know and then the biggest guys around are you know i don't know it's uh stranger things have happened but you know matt i was you know how i said i thought i had a topic we could talk about but i couldn't think of what it was earlier today yeah it's the espn layoffs have you seen that i have Yes. Like I was thinking that's that's I mean, and they're, you know, Stephen A. Smith and those guys are on on ESPN saying the same shit that I said. It's social media and stuff is how people, you know, it's it's killing ESPN, too. They had all these these like, I mean, iconic media personalities got axed, basically, because ESPN is not immune to the whole, you know, social media, YouTube effect either. I thought that was interesting. We won't go into that now. We already have a topic list, but maybe next week. Um, I can't believe I didn't write that one down. That's really stupid, but uh, I thought that would be a cool topic. Yeah. Because it's almost, well, it's sad, and I like ESPN. Like, I'm not a huge sports fan, but I, it, it, it makes me feel a little bit better. Like, we're not the only ones, you know? Like, maybe maybe it's not just the weakness of our industry that's that's making it um, making it um, dip into this lull. You know, if 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 ESPN is experience, experiencing it too, I can't feel too bad about us. You know, I mean, it just it is what it is at this point. But um, we we've mentioned the Rami video that we both saw on several occasions uh in this podcast already. But yep. Um, 
what we're talking about is a video released by who released it even? You sent me a YouTube clip. Uh, Louis Marco. Okay, so Louis Marco got some footage of. I'm assuming from the Camel Crew. Yeah. Of Rami posing in this the, the famous bathroom mirror. Yep. Uh. I mean, you sent it to me, and it was kind of insane how reminiscent it was of the Dallas McCarver video of him posing in front of Jim Mannion. I mean, he's like lumbering around like a like a half tranquilized grizzly bear who's just about to hibernate. He's like, oh, oh, it was, you know, it was like, bad. It's like he 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 looks like a. Um, I don't even know. There's there's a there's there's a, a Lord of the Rings creature or something in there that he. I mean, I don't know, man. He's like, like just too much, too much mass and power on on his frame, so that he's just like standing in place. He's just tired, <laughs> you know, uh, because of so much like active tissue hanging off him and shit. But he, uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't like. He looked absolutely massive i mean he looked he literally looked three of me wide uh across the shoulders if not more i mean there's no way this guy can go through a doorway no way no um impossible he i don't think he'd come close to going through an average doorway uh so but at the same time he he did a front double and it's to me like when he's standing there relaxed looking massive you're like holy shit but then when he got into the front he when he did a front double i was like eh he doesn't look that good. I mean, his arms don't look much bigger, maybe a little, but in his his waist looks bigger now. So the front double kind of lost its effect a little bit. And I don't know, man. I think, what what are they doing? Like, why are you? They're saying he's 350 pounds, which he probably is. Why this guy competes around 300? How come? I don't get it. I don't. He, and he should probably be competing around closer to 290. I think like 290-ish is, is a good number for Rami. Like, how come he's 60 pounds over contest weight when he's never, ever, for one second of his bodybuilding career, had a size issue? I mean, he was flat at prejudging last year for the Olympia, but, I mean, why? Why Why do you, why are you blowing him up even more? He's not going to, you're not going to bring him in at 320 and he, and, and win. It's not going to happen. It's It's impossible. Uh, I mean, it's not impossible. I guess he could come in 320 shredded somehow, but it's for all intents and purposes, if he comes in any heavier, he's going to lose. We've seen it happen over and over and over again. So I don't understand why they're pushing his weight up like that. It just seems he didn't look pleasing at all. He looked super uncomfortable. He didn't look like, I mean, why? I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know why it's, it's a, it's an issue that I'm seeing in the industry now. Like how come it's like, you have to get so big that your waist blows out or you're not a pro type thing. I feel like, I feel like the goal now is to get so big that you have a wide waist. I mean, it's, it's like the goal is to get a 40 inch waist and still have a, have no fat. Like if, if you have a 40 inch waist, you don't look good. I don't care. I mean, a small waist is part of the equation of having a great physique. And it always has been since the, the beginning of time. And it always will be, uh, a pivotal part of it. And when you have, I mean, the for for a man especially, the the epitome of of being out of shape or being unhealthy is a gut, right? Like that's the that is the 
the thing that shows you a guy is, you know, inactive. It's like the first thing that comes up when a guy is inactive or eats wrong, they start getting a gut. So for any bodybuilder to have that at all is like, you're supposed to be representing the opposite of that. And I just think like, I've never really harped on the guts too bad, but I don't know if, I don't know if I'm just getting old or what it is, but I feel like I'm getting, I'm so sick of this. Like if you have a 42 inch waist, I don't care how big your arms and shit are. You don't look good. I mean, you look jacked and impressive and I, I respect that and I understand the hard work and it's all inspiring and all that stuff. But to say that you look great or you have a great physique when your waist is 42 inches and you're five foot 10 or whatever, I disagree with that. You can't, I mean, a guy with a, with a 20, uh, you know, with a 29 inch waist who weighs 230 is, is always going to look better than a guy with a 42 inch waist who weighs 325. I mean, it's like maybe, maybe a guy like Greg Kovacs doesn't think so, or some other mutated freak of nature who just likes that little niche, but 99.99% of all other people And I'm not talking about normal people not liking bodybuilders. I'm talking about normal people liking uh, Flex Wheeler over Marcus Rule type shit. I'm I'm talking about everyone does. It's it's not like, you know, everyone prefers Sean Ray's physique over Branch Warren's. You know, like pretty much everyone. There's a tiny little group of people who like Branch's look because, I don't know, they have muscle dysmorphia and they were scrawny girl. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, even 90% of the bodybuilding fans prefer Sean's Ray look over over you know, branches and branch didn't have a wide waist branch. I thought had a, before he started tearing himself apart, branch had a good look. I thought branch was great. He had a pretty small waist actually, but just this, this idea that if you're big and ripped and you can pose and shit, the waist can be looked past is just nothing else is looked past. If you're too small, you're too small. You get hammered, right? If you're not in shape, you're soft, you're soft, you get hammered. But it seems like the the gut and the wide waist is not really like that. They're kind of like, nah, it's okay. You know, if you have tiny arms, you get hammered. If you had no back, you'd get hammered. I feel like the 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 waistline should be one of the most most important things, but instead, it seems like it's one of the least important things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's odd because I think we were all impressed last year when we saw Rami. I mean, he went from this just gigantic mass who who really couldn't hit his conditioning but was still um, a force to be reckoned with, so to speak, on stage because of how big he was. You know, he came in last year smaller but more conditioned, but he still had that fullness, that roundness, that gigantic, you know, muscle that we're used to seeing just toned down a little bit. Uh, so to me, on stage, he still looked big. I just don't understand why they're trying to go the other way again. I mean, it was it's. I mean, he's sitting at 350. They said. I mean, <laughs> that's a big boy, and you know, for him to diet down, where where is he going to be? He's still going to be one of the heaviest guys on the stage, and that's not necessarily bad as long as you can hit your conditioning, but. You know, blowing up the 350 again. Now, granted, he's he's going to have the entire year to to prep for the Olympia because that's the only time that we're going to see him truly conditioned this year. So, you know, a lot can happen between now and then. But my whole thing is, you're going in the wrong direction. 
why not fine tune things so that you know he's he's in better condition further out so that he can really get shredded come Olympia time. I just don't understand their their thought process. I mean, I would love to hear Aceto's take on all of this. I mean, obviously, you know, he... He said he was fat. Yeah, I mean, that's... I would like to hear a little bit more from him of... of he has to know what's going on. He has to be communicating with Rami. I just... I just don't... Under- I don't think he is. You don't think he is? You think he cut ties? They're not working together anymore. No, no, I know that, but I mean, you don't think that they're they're talking at all anymore? Uh, maybe a little bit, but I don't know, man. I doubt it. I doubt it's that much, but but yeah, Dave asked him what he thought, and he said he's he's fatter than he's been. That's was pretty much Chris's. But like you said, why would you? The guy's always the biggest guy on stage. Why are you making him bigger? And I mean, look, I mean, when when he was working with Chris. He was he was the leanest that he's ever been on stage. I mean, I I don't understand how you can go from working with somebody like Chris, getting in the condition that you were in, looking better than in at least in my opinion than he's ever looked on stage. Why you would want to go back to the drawing board so to speak and not exactly fine tune things, just throw on more slabs of muscle. I just I don't understand, and I don't think we're going to see him as conditioned at the Olympia. And I hate to say it, but I think he's going to place even worse this year than than he ever has at the Olympia. And you know that's that's just my thought process and my opinion. But I mean, again, there's there's a lot of time between now and the Olympia. But I, I just see him going in the completely wrong direction, and then he's going to have to figure out a way to shed all that off. So I mean, unless he's got a secret weapon or he's going to utilize what he what he learned from Chris to try and you know dial it back in, but I don't see anybody else getting him as dialed in as Chris. So it's it's tough. I mean, yeah, it's cool to see him gigantic. I mean, like you said, you know, you and I could stand side by side, and, and he's still wider than us. But uh, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I'm I'm not exactly thrilled. I guess we'll see where he's at. Uh, this weekend when he's guest posing, but I mean the video that I saw, he he looked all right, but he's definitely getting thicker. His his midsection is getting thicker again. Um, I, I just I, I'm confused. Rami's confusing me. I thought I thought he figured it out. I thought he got you know everybody in his camp that that he felt he needed, and and he threw us all a curveball. <laughs> so I, I don't know what to think about Rami. I mean I think. Dennis James, when he first got on RX and was and, and coined the term uh, Camel Crew, he was saying how they're trying to over there. They're trying to become like the training empire, and the way one of the ways they're doing that is getting Rami to like baiting all the top gurus to work with Rami so that they can get the secrets. You know, they did it with DJ, they did it with uh, George Farah, and then they did it with Chris. Um, the only guy who seems immune to it is Hani, but uh, I know Chris Cormier is over there now helping Rami. So maybe maybe DJ was right. I mean, why are they not working together anymore? Uh, they did one show, you know. So he's been through all these gurus, and I feel like um, maybe they were just trying to gather information for the for Kuwait Gym so they can better train their athletes because they got all those trainers there and stuff just trying to get information, which is kind of crazy if they're using Rami as a information portal um, 
in possibly in lieu of, you know, Olympia victories. But uh, the, for me, the ship has sailed uh, with Rami. I think Rami has gotten worse every year since 2013. Uh, I mean, people are so enamored by him but that I think they're just there. They don't see what's there. Man, listen, if you compare you, – look at 2013 New York Pro – and then look at the last few shows he did, like oh, on the tour and stuff. I mean, it's like his waist is 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 bigger. He's not much bigger, and he's not as like there's a there's when he won the New York Pro in 2013 and like the I think the Arnold Brazil he won in 14 or something. He was huge, right? Uh, not not crazy condition, but man, the the level of freshness to his muscle and snap to the muscle and fullness and that healthy look was just in he had it in spades he looked so full and round and flawless and the separation was great and everything now it's not like that now he's got he's kind of disproportionate his legs look kind of jagged and way too big his arms are getting a little bit jagged looking he's got he's just not it's hard to explain the difference but it looks like it looks like in 2013, he was living in his parents' basement, you know, on the couch, eating hand-fed meals and not having to stress about anything and just focusing on bodybuilding. And then and he's been – since 2013, he's been working in the in the mine, you know, in the, in the, in the, the minefields and shit. You know, like he looks beat up. He just looks like he's been through the ringer in the last few years. I don't really know why. But to me, the ship has sailed for Rami. I do not see him bouncing back. And, I mean, we saw him come in shredded last year. He placed fifth. Um, he was flat at prejudging, didn't look right. He was fuller and better at, at the night show, but he still wasn't his best, I don't think. I think that 2013 New York Pro Rami was way better than we think. I think uh, if you go back and look at it, the crisp, smooth quality to his muscle was just insane and it's not there anymore. And I don't think you just get that back. Maybe I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know, man. I don't think I, I, and, and this video is not helping the cause at all either. They're going to come into Olympia. He's 322. You know, okay. Well, you brag about his fucking weight every show when he gets his ass kicked by guys who are probably 229. So um I don't know. It's just they seem to be beating their head against the wall with Rami, but I guess it is what it is. Um, so we have a show coming up, the Arnold Classic South Africa, the 5th through the 7th of this month. That's a few days. Actually, when this comes out, it'll probably be right around. It'll probably be just starting. Right. So it's a decent lineup, not the greatest lineup. It's still a, a bit of a victim of these lackluster lineups and people not putting emphasis on competing. But uh, Victor's in the show. All the guy, pretty much the whole lineup from, including Juan Morel is in the show from the Arnold uh, South America. So I don't know. I think it's 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 better. It's an improvement, but it's still it's still kind of weak. Uh, I would I would have expected one of the shows to be like this, and then the other one be loaded, you know. But instead, one is like this, and the other one was was quite lackluster you basically added i mean names of uh, you know notable names you added you know victor johnny jackson and victor uh but 
last week's champ or not last week. I mean, it's kind of last week right now, but uh, his, the champion Lucas Asada will be in the show. So it'd be interesting to see Asada uh, go against uh, Victor Martinez and Johnny Jackson. But it's kind of interesting how we're going to have a, I mean, those are probably going to be the top guys. I mean, based on what Johnny looks like, it's kind of interesting how th- those three guys are going to be the top guys at the Arnold Classic South Africa. I mean, that's telling because those guys are all old and they've all been around for a long time. I mean, Johnny Jackson, I mean, the day I got into bodybuilding, Johnny Jackson and Michael Lockett and Lucas Osadil were already established pros, you know, the the day I got into it. So and I've been into bodybuilding well over a decade. So it's kind of um, insane that this big show has come down to these three guys. I mean, these three guys would have been vying for a similar show what 12 years ago 15 years ago yeah so i mean 10 years ago is 07 they were i think johnny jackson turned pro in like 04 or something and then victor martinez probably even earlier than that i don't know something like that though so uh yeah you're going back almost 15 years these guys were pros so it's it's what does that say i don't know no young guys the young guys are afraid to compete i mean we got michael lockett who's also not He's no spring chicken, but it's, he's not as old as the other guys. It's it's weird, and and it's funny we're talking about this today. Uh, we're recording it on on Tuesday. Um, today on Iron Magazine, I had an article published called "Has the Arnold Classic Lost Its Luster?" and and it's fitting to to the topic that we're talking about now. I mean, I would have never thought that I would be saying in today's age that. Johnny Jackson actually has a chance of winning an Arnold Classic. I I just it, to me it's unfathomable. I can't I can't understand how nobody and I shouldn't say it sounds disrespectful for me to say no you know you know there's no worthwhile competitors at the Arnold these days other than at Columbus. But I mean we're we're talking about Juan Morel, Victor Martinez, Lockett, Johnny Jackson, and and now Osledell. So. It, it I just it blows my mind that that a lot of the the older guys are the ones competing in these shows and and obviously you know placing well Osledo winning uh, you know the other week so it's it's just odd to me that you don't have other guys that are out there trying to make money I mean obviously if you have a sponsorship and you're making six plus figures and and all you have to do is fly around the world and sign autographs and pictures and uh you know shake hands kiss babies you know all of that stuff then i guess that's great but to me it's just odd where you have guys who supposedly love the sport so much they love bodybuilding you know it's it's the thing that you know many of these guys can say help them get through rough times in their life and and now you don't even see them other than once, maybe twice a year. And and it's just it's it's odd to be thinking that. I mean it's I wanna see how Osado looks with, with Victor, like you said. Um Lockett Lockett didn't do as well as, as we thought he would um in the previous show. Juan Morel, he's he's still a type of person that if he hits his conditioning, he can come in and, and steal the show. But, I mean, I don't know. I If if Victor comes in looking like he did last year, 
I, I think he has a good chance of taking it. But I think someone who we shouldn't count out based off of, you know, some photos and some video that we've seen is Johnny Jackson. Yeah, um, I agree completely with that. I mean, Johnny Jackson posted a guest post uh, guest posing video. I don't remember where he was, but it was uh, impressive. I mean, the guy, man, his upper body looks, I mean, we say it all the time, but I don't think put it this way, Victor Martinez is in the show and Victor Martinez has a great upper body, but I don't think for one second he has a better upper body than Johnny Jackson. Now, Victor will have better legs, of course, but it's just it's just a matter of Johnny's legs being good enough, which they are at times, like when he's in perfect condition and has perfect fullness, his legs have the kind of an illusion of being decent. So if he has that just enough legs for his upper body to, to steamroll enough to make up for it, you know, uh, he can win this show for sure. I could see him winning this show, but he's going to have to be shredded because Oslo is going to be shredded. Uh, Michael Lockett is probably going to be shredded. And, um, you know, if he's, if, if you're going to give him an excuse to mark you down, they're probably going to take advantage of that. If his glutes are soft or his hamstrings are soft or whatever, he, he's, he doesn't nail it and his legs are a little bit flat. You know, and they look even you know worse than they are. Right. Then they're not going to give it to him because I don't think they're going to be looking for him necessarily. You know, they're going to be looking at Osledil and Victor Martinez. But man, Johnny Jackson could beat Victor Martinez for sure in this show. But he has to be in shape because I think I think Victor's going to be in shape and I think Lucas is going to be in shape. But if I had to go out on a limb and predict, I mean, I think Victor is going to win the show. I ha- I mean, Victor. Look good as at his last couple of showings. I don't, I don't think. I don't know. I think he's kind of been trending up as of late. So, and there hasn't been any significant drama or hardship in his life um, in the last few months. At least I don't know of it. Uh, and that's you know that's something that's plagued Victor his whole life, or his whole career at least. Maybe his whole life. I don't know. But uh, with that. With those types of obstacle, those type of obstacles out in his life for the last maybe year or so, he he might show the best Victor we've seen in years. So I do think Victor's going to win the show, uh, but Johnny Jackson is is no joke, and look out for him. I think just based on that guest posing alone, I think it's safe to say he'll be in the mix. Uh, a lot of these guys already have no cho- no chance against him just because of how he looked at that guest posing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. It'll be an interesting show um, either way. Uh, I, I'm excited to see Victor Martinez. I really am just because I remember when he came back from Kuwait last year. I think it was last year. And we raved about him. Remember that when he came back and won that show? Yeah. He was very, very good. Um, and Victor's, uh, Victor's great. You know, Victor's one of the guys. I've said this before. When you see him in person, it's shocking how big he is because – he doesn't seem like a big guy, really. Like, you think of big guys, you know, you think of, like, maybe Juan or uh, Evan Senapani or, or someone else. Well, Evan Senapani is a, a fucking dinosaur in real life, too. But uh, Victor Martinez, you think of him as more like he has symmetry and he's flowing and stuff. But, man, when you see him in person, he's huge. He's so wide and so thick. The guy is a monster. But um, I think it'll go that way. 
Yeah, man. I, I don't really have, any, have anything else to say about the Arnold Classic South Africa, if you do. I don't know if you want to. Uh, we have a little bit of time left. We could talk about uh, the ESPN layoff if you wanted to. Yeah, you know, let's let's talk about that. I mean, it's something that I've I've done a lot of, a lot of writing about this topic where I feel, uh, you know, radio and television and and even you know media and advertising in the sense of billboards has has truly died. And it's just the way that technology is today, and the way things are evolving. I mean, I. I can understand why ESPN is doing it, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm positive it's something that they never wanted to do, because like you said earlier, you know, these guys are legends in in that space. Um, you know, they're, they're some of the most well-known uh, broadcasters, sportcasters, reporters, journalists out there that they had to let go. And, you know, you look at guys like Stephen A. and the rest of the crew, and and you can't help but wonder, you know, are they going to call their number next? What's going to happen? I mean, it's a shame because you know all of these personalities on ESPN are getting paid, you know, very well. Um, you know, and, and rightfully so, that they should. But when you... What do you think they get paid? Um, guys like, uh, like Stephen, Stephen A. A or, um, those are the, you know, like, uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless have their new show. Like, what do you think these guys are getting paid to talk about sports? And I mean, they have a hard job and they're on there. I mean, man, they're on there a lot, like many hours a week. They're on there. You know, they do shows almost every day and they have to talk about every sport. You know, those guys are beasts, but I always wonder what they make. Um, it's hard to guess. You know what? I'm sure... Stephen A is probably making at least a mill, if I had to guess. Shannon Sharp, uh, I don't think he'd be making that much, to be honest. Um, I think Stephen A is more of a, a polarizing figure for ESPN than than Shannon is, but I, I don't think um, a lot of the top guys. Uh, you know, recognizable names, you know, like the Stephen A's of, of the world. I I can't see them getting paid less than a mil. Yeah, that's insane. But that's that's, that's my insane. opinion. That's, Stephen A, that's about Stephen what I, I thought, might listen maybe, to this and be like, like, oh my God, I wish I was making that. Yeah, true. I mean, he, they might make 300 or something. Who knows? I mean, it's really hard to say because really when you're, you, you know, they're paid a lot, you know, that's, that's, you know they're paid enough to be very wealthy, but uh, it's it is a scary thing, especially for them. I mean, ESPN. I mean, how does ESPN go down? I mean, that's just ESPN is ESPN. You know, it's the number one, maybe not the number one statistically or anything. I don't know, but to me, ESPN is like synonymous with sports. It's it is it it is sports coverage, right? Um. That's if you if you ask anybody or not anybody, but most people in, you know, at least in this country, what is the number one sports media outlet? I mean, everyone's going to say ESPN. It's like a it's automatic. Uh, So to have it, you know, I don't know if they're just restructuring and they're going to be fine or whatever, but to have these layoffs and stuff enough for them to bring it up on the air and stuff is man, 
it's pretty serious. And I think it's interesting how it's happening right parallel with us, with the things that are happening to our industry and how media is becoming harder and harder to sustain because of social media uh, and um, YouTube and stuff, which I guess YouTube is a form of social media. So <clears throat> uh, very interesting and, and, and kind of disappointing. But I've always, you know, I'm sure you have too. I've always had the idea of working for ESPN in the back of my head, you know, for ever since I got my first writing gig, you know, uh, I, I've thought about it and now it's like, Jesus, I, I don't even know if I want to go that route if I could now, you know? Right. Um, it's the idea of me sitting in my office and saying, yeah, ESPN, I might not have to, I might not take that job because they're, they're kind of crumbling. It's like, just, I mean, even even four years ago, that that would sound completely irrationally stupid. Like, what do you mean? It's ESPN. But now it's like, man, maybe that you know, startup writing job, whatever the ESPN, would not be the greatest thing anymore. Like, to even have those thoughts is like, you know, what's going on? But yeah, it is what it is. Maybe, like I said, maybe they're just doing some restructuring and they're gonna bounce back and they have a new kind of way of doing it. I know there's a lot of ESPN apps and stuff that people use. They're probably going to be okay, but as far as like their frontline coverage like that, they may have to back off and just take the hit like everyone else is. But um, that's all I got, Matt. Thought it was a good show. Uh, guys, check out IronMagLabs.com, IronMagResearch.com, uh, IronMagazine.com. <clears throat> check out Matt's new article. All the radio shows are up on there. Uh, I actually recorded a International Iron with Lee Priest about a week ago and the recording was completely botched. So it was like a two hour recording and now we have to redo it. So anyone waiting for that show, that's why, I mean, it's hard enough to schedule a show with a guy who lives in, you know, who's 14 or 15 hours ahead of me, you know, time wise, <laughs> it's difficult to, you know, we're looking at me recording at nine at night and him recording at 10 in the morning and shit like that. Or, or somewhere in there. So it's, or I have to record first thing in the morning. It'll be late for him, um, that day. So it's, it's hard, <clears throat> but when we get together and we record a two hour show and it doesn't record right, it's like, man, I wanted to, I wanted to frizz me my computer right out the sliding door on that one. But <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> I didn't, but, uh, we'll get that uh, out to you guys soon enough. I know people have been asking me, but that's all I got, Matt. I believe this is episode 93 uh, Yes. or 90, 93. 93 yeah. yeah, man. I can't believe it. Every, every, every episode I'm surprised by the number of the episode. Uh, I think 93, only seven from, from, you know, a hundred. I can't believe that, you know, until we get to a hundred every time I'm going to be, I just can't believe it. It's, it's, uh, the time has, has flown by, um, we talked about the other day, like what number you came in on, and I still don't really know. Uh, I thought it was like thirty something. I'm pretty sure it was in the thirties. I think which like is pretty insane. Thirty-one, thirty-two, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you've been here um, way more than half of them, but uh, yeah, with Lewis it was different too because I think the difference is Lewis and I did the show for. Probably almost as long as you and I've done the show, but we recorded much less frequently because it was much harder to record with. I mean, 
Lewis at that point was traveling every single like Thursday through Sunday. He was traveling like every week. He had all this stuff going on. He was like very hard to it was very hard for him to pencil in the radio show for whatever reason. Um, and uh, so we we missed many weeks. It was it was unusual for us to do four episodes in a month, like, you know, once a week. So I think uh, I mean, you and I have been busting them out. So um, it's awesome. I mean, episode 100 is coming up. I've been thinking about certain things we could possibly do. <clears throat> I'm still uh, I still got some ideas brewing. I don't know what I'm going to try to pull the trigger on yet. I have seven weeks, but we got to make something happen for episode 100. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it, guys. <clears throat> Check out ironmagazine.com, ironmagresearch.com. Uh, use my coupon code. And uh, that's it. Until next time, I am Jeff Roberts for Mr. Matt White down in Pennsylvania. 